my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. I am your host, Julie Turney, and with me today, I don't think he knows it, is one of my favorite people, Adam Posner. <laughs> how, wow. are you, how are you doing, Adam? Wow. Um, even my wife doesn't say I'm her favorite person. The only people oh. that say I'm their favorite, my, my <laughs> son says it about half the time. My daughter, she's nine, she's older, mm-hmm. and she does consider me her favorite person. She's at that age now where she, yeah. I think she's... I think she's moving into a little bit more of a daddy than mommy phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes. Great to have you here. Um, I am a huge fan. Let me get that out of the way. Um, thank you. But yeah, I'm really glad that you're here today because I love having conversations about talent acquisition, talent development. And, I, and if I think of like my top people in this space who I really always wanted to have a conversation with about it, you would be, you're right on that list. I appreciate so that. thank you so much for being here. I don't do bios um, and I want to give you the opportunity to just introduce yourself to our audience. Tell them who is Adam Posner? What do you do and how did you get here? Awesome. Cool. That's well, it's a very broad question. Um, at, at my heart, I am a connector. My superpower is being a connection conduit and I connect opportunity to talent. What we do, what I do, um, I am the president and founder of NHP Talent Group. We are a boutique staffing consultancy here located in New York and we work in the marketing, media and advertising space and we work with brands, agencies and startups to essentially be an extension of their in-house talent team to represent them in the job candidate marketplace and really locate the best talent for the for their particular openings. I'm also the host of the podcast, the mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. one of the top global career podcasts where I feature the best and the brightest in the world of business, entrepreneurship, marketing, uh, and just really anyone who has a great life story that we uh, we want to share and get out there. Yeah. And that's what I do. Awesome. So how did you get into talent acquisition? How did you get into this space? That's a that's a long story. So as we like to say, long story short here. So I'll uh, <laughs> I'll hit the rewind button real quick. So born and raised New Yorker, 15 years working in media, marketing and advertising here in New York. I've worked at agencies. I've worked at brands, always in account management, digital strategy, social strategy. And about uh, seven years ago, I, I landed what I thought was my dream job, Julie, over mm-hmm. at VaynerMedia, working for the great Gary Vaynerchuk and mm-hmm. um you know, the grass was not greener on the other side mm. <clears throat> for a multitude of reasons. Uh, it was not the right job, not the right fit. Things didn't work out well. I, it was a combination of me not doing what I was hired for and some external factors, some internal factors. And ultimately, Julia ended up losing my job. And it was a pretty low point for me in my life because I really had to. I was 35 at the time, mm-hmm. just bought a house. Life was changing mm-hmm. and um, things were real. And I had to take a moment when I was at my lowest and say, you know, is this what I want to be doing? Is this what I want to continue doing in my career and, and having these up and down moments and, you know, making X amount of money that was kind of locked in and mm-hmm. you know, am I going to be able to afford this life? And it was a conversation that I had with Gary V on my way out um, where he said to me, you know, you need to stop focusing 
on your weaknesses and double down on your strengths. And we talked about what my strengths were, communication, my relationship ability, my, my knowledge of the uh, marketing and media space. And I said, hey, Gary, um, you know, I've been thinking about it. One of my friends does healthcare recruiting. And before I can even finish my sentence, Gary said, you would be a great recruiter. I thought about it for a second. I was like, well, maybe he's just, you know, blowing smoke my way to mm-hmm. get me out of the door. But, mm-hmm. you know, the more and more I thought about it after that conversation, I spent time, you know, talking to recruiters that I've worked with. I reached out to a bunch that I've never worked with before and really did my due diligence to understand. And the more conversations I had, it led me to the, to the, it led me to the path that I'm on now of, right. of being a recruiter. So I spent a couple of years working at recruitment search firms, learning mm-hmm. how to be a recruiter because it was mm-hmm. a new profession for me. Uh, and then almost four years ago, we we're celebrating our four year anniversary on August 30th. I launched NHP Talent Group, which is uh, my own business. I went out on my own. Awesome. How does it feel to be an entrepreneur? I feel I was always meant to go down this path. I felt it was always my destiny. Mm-hmm. It was always the path that I was meant for but I would not be able to be in this position and having the success that I am if I started this at 22. Mm. I have discipline, I have experience, I have process, I have relationships. All those things are leading to the success that I have right now. Right. And, that, and then here you are. Here I am, but it's a, it's a journey. It's, um, it's an adventure. There's mm-hmm. ups and downs. There's good days, there's bad days. There's, there's feast and famine. But it, you always have to remember that it's a long game. Yeah. And there's going to be quick wins, quick losses, big wins, big losses. And you have to strap in and know that it's a roller coaster mm-hmm. and go for the ride. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're always just trying to, you know, if you're just trying to ride the highs, you know, and not, you know, be comfortable with the lows, you're not meant to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. That is very sound advice, especially for those of us in the HR space who I think a lot of people who are leaving now and thinking about becoming consultants or recruiters, I think that's really good advice. Um, for them. So thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. What does um, recruitment mean for you? What does it mean to you? Yeah, it's interesting. For for me, it's really about understanding both sides of the equation. And I'm the middleman. It's understanding from a client perspective, what are they really looking for, for this hire? What are those skills? What are those attributes? What is that type of person that's going to be successful in that role? And really working with them to understand that first mm-hmm. before we even go out and start recruiting on it. And then once we get candidates in the process, working with them to make that, the, always keeping the candidate experience in mind, expediting it, moving things along as quickly as possible. And on the flip side of it, working with candidates for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, to understand their why. What's their motivation? Mm-hmm. Why are they looking? What are they not getting in their current role? Is it something as simple as compensation? Mm-hmm. Is it more deep than that where they're not being valued? They're really not being utilized. They really just don't enjoy what they're doing. Maybe they have a toxic boss, toxic culture. Once you understand the motivators on both sides, you're able to really be that middle person, that conduit to put the pieces together. Everyone thinks, right? It's one of those funny things where I always laugh where, and, and I'm curious on your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks that they could be a real estate broker or a recruiter. Just mm-hmm. because you maybe did some renovations in your house or maybe you bought a house or two during your time doesn't qualify you to be a real estate broker. You know nothing about mortgages, closings, processes, the legal ramifications, home inspections. Same thing with being a recruiter. People think it's easy that they could just jump in and, oh, I'm just going to find, you know, square peg, square hole. That's easy. I'm going to go find it. Yeah. They do not understand until they spend one minute in our shoes what it's like to manage the human X factor. Mm -hmm. Aside from who your spouse is, 
you choose to get married or not, it's one of the top decisions in life where you work and who you work for. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And I am so glad that you touched on that because I'm a huge believer in that as well from a from an HR perspective, period. I think a lot of people think that you, anyone can HR. Anyone can be a recruiter. <laughs> no. Any, no, it takes no. a special person to fit that role and I think you touched on something there that I think a lot of um, people in the talent acquisition space sometimes get wrong and that's why we get a bad rap when it comes to talent acquisition is that there are two pieces of the pie there's the client side what does the customer want and then there's the talent side like what is their why? And that's, I right. think that's key because I think a lot of people don't understand that other piece. They just think, let me satisfy my customer. Let me get a bunch of resumes. Let me put someone in the, in this space, but they don't understand the candidate experience and that, that piece and is fundamental. It's, 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 it's fundamental. And I think there's another really important piece that people don't speak about enough. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to get your take on this one as well. The, the hiring process greatly affects the current employees that work within an organization, the employee experience. And I'll talk about it on two fronts here. Mm-hmm. One, the longer position is open, the more stress it causes on the team that's doing double the work yep. that's covering for that person mm-hmm. and affecting all lines of business. The more time a, a role is open, the more likely you're going to have increased attrition across other members of the team. Mm-hmm. So when people say that recruiting and talent is not a, a, a cost center, or an ROI. Yep. I strongly beg to differ. Oh, absolutely. I strongly beg to differ on that oh, one. Yes. And I'll have that argument all day long. All if you really day think long. about it, the companies that prioritize recruiting, they get it. They put money behind it, that they yeah. hire ample recruiters to handle the bandwidth because they understand this. It's fundamental. I mean, this is your pipeline of employees mm-hmm. in and out, going mm-hmm. in and coming out. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's like gold, right? Gold. That is gold. It is gold. And, and I think it goes overlooked. And, you know, the first thing companies do is they cut back on recruiters mm-hmm. and then they try to scale up. And luckily for me, that's what gives gives my business a need, a mm-hmm. demand, because we're on demand talent. We're on demand recruiters. Yes. But companies that really understand it, they're enabling and giving their recruitment teams the tools to be successful. They're prioritizing it. They're saying you prioritize interviews. Yep. You move this process along. You give quick feedback. Mm-hmm. You align with the hiring managers. You make sure you know what you're looking for. You have scorecards or whatever process you need to expedite and ensure you're getting good folks in the pipeline. Listen, people leave jobs all the time. There's nothing you're going to do to stop that in this day and age. Yep. Long gone are the days of our parents. My parents in New York City, Board of Ed teachers for 30 years. Mm-hmm. They never thought about something else. People stayed at jobs at IBM, Ford for years, for their whole life. Yep. That's just not a reality. People nope. are going to leave. Mm-hmm. Get ahead of it. And make sure you have a pipeline and make sure you have ample support for your talent team. Absolutely. Not rocket science. You know what? For some people, it might be though, Adam. How so? Clearly, it appears to be rocket science for quite a few people <laughs> because so many people get this wrong. Uh, I don't know if you experience this a lot in your space and, and where you are, but globally, like so many people get this wrong. And I think that part of the reason for this is because they want to skimp they want to take shortcuts they want to not take the time or or make the investment where it is crucial but that pipeline candidate experience leads to employee experience right if you don't get that right from the get-go from simple things to how easy is it for someone to apply for a job whether it be on your website whether it be for your recruiters 
And if the job that you're recruiting for is not clear, if your hiring managers don't know what they want, if they're just like, let's fill a box, let's, let's fill a mm-hmm. seat as quickly as we can so we don't lose money because of the empty mm-hmm. seat. And we don't think about what happens to the people, as you said, who are there filling the role in the meantime, getting super annoyed, feeling demotivated. <laughs> exactly. Looking for, coming to you in the background and going, Adam, get me out of here. Find me something else because this is madness. That happens. Does that happen to you? Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's kind of funny. Like uh, those kind of back channel conversations, they're always a bit awkward, mm-hmm. but they're so insightful. You know, it's always it's funny too because we we li- I mean, I literally operate. We're, we're a hired gun. We mm-hmm. are a we are a hired outside contractor, so we're third party. And it gives us a very unique angle and position in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. We hear the back channel talk from candidates and we hear the back channel talk from, from clients. We hear a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it's always interesting when you're working with a client and, and one of the clients is like, hey, Adam, I, I can't stand this place. You got to help me get out of here. And I'm like, I can't do that. It's a conflict of interest. <laughs> but let me tell you who you can talk to. Right? <laughs> True. I love it's it. Tr- it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It has to be because I think that once organizations keep getting this wrong, that is going to continue to happen. So I got to ask you this question only because the buzzword, the great resignation. What are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, well, I, I don't I don't like I think that's a buzz word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very clickbaity. The great resignation. I think that's technically the idea where people are resigning. Mm-hmm. But I think that the misnomer is that people are there are a handful of people who are resigning and we hear those stories of people who do not have something lined up right. where they're going to pursue their passion and going to follow, um, you know, their, their entrepreneurship journey. They're turning their side hustle into a full-time hustle. That's mm-hmm. fine. I actually call it the great migration. I call it the great talent migration. Cause I think what's happening, people are moving jobs. They're moving from one job to another because either they're not getting what they're getting in their current job. Mm -hmm. They're realizing they're not happy with it. Mm -hmm. Those companies are either forcing them to go back to work in an office full-time unnecessarily. But let's be honest here. There's some jobs that do require people to be in an office when it's safe. And the other side of it too, that I I think we're not talking about, I think there's a lot of people, Julie, who actually do want to go back to an office and their company is saying we're fully remote. Mm. I don't think people talk about that enough. There's so yeah. many people out there. These are the quiet ones that for whatever reason, they're, they're, they're stuck at home with, with five kids all day long, running around screaming and they can't get their work done and they can't mm-hmm. be productive. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't have good Wi-Fi. They live in a rural area. Maybe they actually really like going to an office and being yeah. productive because that's where they could be their best self. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to see is this migration. And I predict it's going to happen pretty shortly. We're approaching the, the Labor Day weekend here in the States, which is really the mark of the end of the summer. When right. people take their final vacation, people are going to start going back to work. People are going to start going, kids are going back to school and people are going to be done with their, their summer time off. They work from home by the lake pool, beach, home, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're going to be looking for the next move. Yeah. So I call it the migration. The great talent migration is coming and mm-hmm. we're going to see some recalibration. We're going to see a lot of really interesting trends that uh, and patterns that we maybe we've never seen before. Yeah, I, I agree. I like that. The talent migration makes yeah, me. I'm, I'm coining it. I'm coining it. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've spoken about it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with it. And I, I think that that's exactly what is going to happen and what we're seeing happen right now. And I'm seeing a lot of it 
in the HR space. Like I see a lot on LinkedIn, a lot of people talking mm-hmm. about um, leaving their job with no plan B. Then the next thing you see them come out in a new role. Um, but this is something that's not new. It's something that's been happening all along. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that where the heightened awareness around it has come about as a result of COVID. So lessons learned. What have you, what has COVID taught you? What is what has COVID taught me? So I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind to a conversation that I had uh, in at the end of March 2020 with with my recruitment mentor, one of them. Um, a beacon for me, Joe Mullings down in Florida, uh, chairman, of, founder of the Mullings Group. Mm-hmm. And the conversation I remembered, it was a really, really nice March day here in New York. And at the time, you know, I was home. I didn't have this office studio that I was working in. And I took a lot of my calls walking around this little pond by my house. And whenever I was taking a call that I didn't need to be in front of the computer, I made it my business to get out of the house and walk around the pond. And Joe and I were talking. I mean, it was the beginning of COVID. Everything was shut down. And there was just a ton of uncertainty. And Julie, he said to me something very important. He goes, you have two choices to make, two choices right now. You could either curl up in a ball and die, meaning business-wise, or you could go out there and even if there's no business to be had, you continue to be invaluable. The keyword is invaluable to your clients. Mm -hmm. How could you provide value to them without a handout for business? How could you continue to provide value to candidates out there without having jobs for them? And that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. fortified the relationships, built new relationships, built tons of content, did tons of shows. I was literally doing live streams pretty much every single every day, day of the week, yep. every day. Every, I was doing four days a week, four days a mm-hmm. week for a couple of months there, interviewing everybody in the talent space. Mm-hmm. So not only did I put a ton of content and value out there, I built those relationships. Yes. Now, fast forward to November 2020, things start to open back up. Their end is in sight with the, with the vaccines. People are getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. All of those seeds that I planted were sprouting. And right now I'm reaping that harvest. Beautiful. Beautiful. So let me ask you this. Older Adam talking to younger Adam. What do you say? What's your advice? Love that question. Um, grow the F up. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think, I think that, I think that was a big one. I think that there was, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's been uh, the maturity curve and I, I think it really came for me growing up when, when, you know, I, I launched my own business and, and, and I was able to, I had to step it up and be disciplined with my time, my energy, my focus. And mm-hmm. I think that was something I struggled with earlier on in my career and having, having the responsibility of keeping the sign lit and keeping the mouths fed really what drives me. Yeah. And I think, you know, younger Adam, maybe have had that spark in him, but it wasn't until now where I could, you know, keep fanning that flame. Beautiful. So grow up. Grow up. <laughs> Do it. Uh, and, the, and the other, the other one, the other one, the other big one too. And just to add one more is listen <laughs> more than talk. Mm. Big one for me. Listen more than talk. Game changer in my life. Yeah. What was so pivotal about it when you started listening more? Because the more you listen, the more. The more. Let me kind of flip that one around. When I was having conversations much earlier in my life with with some amazing people around me. I was thinking more about what I wanted to say next versus listening to them in that moment and really absorbing what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Because then people know that you hear them. Right. And not just listen, you're not just listening to them. 
exactly. There's a difference. And and I'm a, I'm a fast talking New Yorker, and that's something that's kind of built into me. I mean, it's I'm I'm very I'm very quick. I'm mm-hmm. just very fast. I'm very quick. I think quick. I talk quick. I act quick. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's really important to be mindful about slowing things down in conversations, listening, pausing, and knowing when it's okay to to bring it back up to New York speed. Yeah. Well, you need a little island life in your in your life. I need it now. Island island vibes are super chill. I gotta tell you something. I could <laughs> I could flip a switch into chill mode, but it takes whenever we go away on vacation. There's always mm-hmm. like a two days where I just need to like kind of smooth land into it. You know, you're mm-hmm. traveling, you're all packed up. But once you get into island life, yeah, I could I could get behind that. Yeah, I could I could get behind that. I um I like chilling on the beach. Um, yeah, when when my kids are are not my little one is not my three-year-old isn't like clawing at me. Mm-hmm. I like a good, I like a good sit. I like a good book on the beach. Haven't done that in a long time though, but always down. Cool. Well, that, that leads into my next question, which is what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would enjoy? So first and foremost, you have a book right behind you. I have it on my bookshelf over here. One of my, one of my favorite interviews in the last year, Lori Ruderman, betting on you, betting on you. right behind you. Mm-hmm. Lori is fantastic. Absolutely. And I knew a little bit about Lori going into my interview with her, but afterwards mm-hmm. I was blown away. She is yeah. a, a firecracker mm-hmm. and I, and I didn't get all the way through that book, um, but it's a good one back there. I highly recommend that one, <clears throat> yep. but I'll be honest. I'll be honest, Julie, my wife and I, we, we love a couple of different things. We mm-hmm. love mindless reality TV. My mm-hmm. wife's a, a commercial real estate attorney. She works her butt off. Okay. And sometimes we like to just zone out. Yeah. I don't need to be reading self-help books and business books. Exactly. I'm trying to relax. I love mindless reality TV. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we love our below deck Mediterranean. We love our, we love a, a couple of the housewives show. I'm, I'm just, I'm more of a New Jersey guy. That's really what I watch. I actually just started watching below deck for the first time. It's so good. It was recommended to me by um, someone that I interviewed recently from hire tool. Yeah. And, um, I was like, wow. Okay. I'm not a reality t- TV person at all, but I could definitely get behind Below Deck. The cast has to be good. And what I like about the Below Deck series are that they rotate, the, you know, they have different different um, uh, guests coming on to the mm-hmm. boat for three-day periods, four-day yeah. periods. Mm-hmm. And that mixes things up inherently because yes. you have new new people coming on board. All the time. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to real shows, there's, two, there's a couple of shows that I love. Right now we're watching White Lotus on HBO Max, which I okay. highly recommend. You mm-hmm. know what that's about? I do not. Tell me. So uh, it's a, it's a it. it's a six or seven episode series where um, it's a hotel on Maui, mm-hmm. and they introduce you to the folks that work at the hotel and the guests, and it's all very interesting interactions, character development. I'll leave it at that. Okay. White Lotus, I strongly recommend. Okay. And um, what's the other one? Uh, oh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso on Apple TV. If you want some feel good, some real feel good. In the heart, right here, pulls at your heartstrings, make you laugh, make you cry, make you feel good. Ted Lasso is fantastic. Apple TV. Okay. All Those right. Pauses picks. Thank you so much. I will name it that. Usually, I just put the like Adam's re- Adam's references. No, pauses picks. Pauses picks. I will definitely put and that in and it. Uh, <laughs> and the other one, which is which is kind of a uh, outlier. There's a show on Netflix called Never Have I Ever. Hmm. And it's a uh, it's a High school comedy yes. drama, but not meant for I high love school kids. Never have I ever. Indian never have I ever. Family, and, 
Hilarious. Yes, correct. <laughs> and it's uh, Mindy Kaling. Mindy mm-hmm. Kaling uh, produced it and she writes it. It is. And John McEnroe is the yes. narrator, which yes. makes completely no sense from the outside perspective. But mm-hmm. he's perfect for it once you get into it. Yeah. Never Have I Ever is is so good. And we just mm-hmm. finished uh, the last season. season great, yes. Great yeah. show. Big fan of that. And I mean, there's some good shows coming back. I, I love I love Billions. Billions is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, the Morning Show which I didn't think I was going to get into the, it was uh, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell. Yes. Um, that's coming back for season two. There's some mm-hmm. good stuff coming back. Okay. Some stuff for me to check out. Thank you so much for your picks. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> so Happy big show. question. What is the biggest misconception about talent acquisition and recruiting that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? Yeah, I think the big one, and it's an obvious one, are are ATS systems. And I think what people really need to understand is that there's a human behind it. There's ways, there's no robot behind it that's automatically going to filter you out. There might be disqualifying questions if there are certain minimal skills that you need. There might be disqualifying questions around compensation. There might be disqualifying questions around sponsorship. Um, Those will automatically disqualify you if the system is set up that way. Generally speaking, there's a human behind everything. I I read every single resume that comes in through that. So that what I say to candidates, and I mean this sincerely, be relevant, be qualified for the position that you're applying to. Mm-hmm. If you're not at least 75% relevant and qualified, don't bother. And that's what's clogging up the system because there's so many people out there say, take your shot, apply, go for it. And inherently, there's nothing wrong with that advice. But I'm not, I would love to be an astronaut, Julie. I'm not applying to be an astronaut. Mm-hmm. I'm not qualified. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to just get my shot at it because someone, you know, magically sprinkled pixie dust on my resume and it made it through the ATS and they want to give Adam a chance of being an astronaut. That's not going to happen. Nope. The reality is the person behind that is a recruiter with limited time and limited bandwidth. And we are looking for the most qualified person on paper, get them into the process, make sure they're not a serial killer, make sure that they're good people and move them through. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge myth there too. And the other thing with cover letters, I'll just give you my little tidbit on cover yes. letters here. I'm anti, I'm anti cover letter. Mm-hmm. The only time a cover letter is, is necessary is if you need to explain a gap in employment. I took six months off because I was caring for a sick relative mm-hmm. to raise my child, whatever reason that is. So you could cut that reason off when someone's looking at your resume. Yeah. I've seen more people get in tr- or, or career pivot, explaining why you're pivoting careers. Mm-hmm. The worst thing people could do is take that cover letter and regurgitate their resume. Yep. You're wasting my time. Not mm-hmm. interested. And I'm sure you've seen this too. Mm-hmm. People make mistakes on cover letters. They'll leave in the name, the address, the contact info of a previous company they applied yep. to. Yeah. And that you could be great, but that's a, I'm not going to call it a red flag, but that's a strong pink flag to me yeah. that your attention to detail is off. Off. The cover letters are just, they're archaic. There's no, yeah. need. and reference checks. Mm-hmm. background checks you're asking me to give you four people that i used to work for to give you a referral you think i'm going to give you people that are going to give crappy referrals exactly Indeed. in my in my six years in my six years i've gotten two or three and they're kind of funny when they happen <laughs> a reference check that turns out to be terrible with mm-hmm. like no i would never recommend that she he was horrible and, I, and I, I'm like, am I being pranked right now? Is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Has, have you ever gotten one of those? Have you ever? I have one? gotten one where I called and the person said, that person has me as their reference. Seriously? Like, she's a friend of my wife, but I don't know her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I've had yeah. some really doozy ones. Seriously, it's been hilarious. I think yeah. there are lots of funny 
funny moments in in recruiting what's your funniest recruiting moment oh man i mean there, there's there's too many it's more it's more it's, it's not funny it's more of a, a comedy of errors or just a comedy of 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 things that just could go wrong mm-hmm. it's it they can go wrong will go wrong yeah um and there was a point it was it was actually when it's, it's funny not funny it was actually a very pivotal moment when i when i left my last full-time search agency that i was working at before i launched it and there was um a 24-hour period where i lost three very big contingency deals mm. i mean we're talking you know 120 plus thousand dollars in fees on the table coming mm-hmm. in my direction and the three roles were lost literally a comedy of errors the first one was something, you know, someone took another offer or a counter offer. The second one, I forgot what it was, but it was it was kind of ridiculous, the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. And the third one was a straw that really broke my back. It was a creative director role. It was perfect. It was awesome. The, the candidate was great. The client was great. The stars mm-hmm. aligned. The money was there. Mm-hmm. The offer was on the table. She was about to accept it. And she calls me up on a Sunday night and she's happy. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I forgot her name. She's like, I'm so happy. She's like, my, my boyfriend just uh, proposed to me today. I'm like, that's amazing. Great news. I thought maybe she was going to ask for like a delayed start date. Or what. Yeah. And, and he just took a job with Microsoft and we're moving out to Seattle and I can't accept this job. Oh, man. I was like, wow. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> just cursing under my breath there. Mm-hmm. And you just can't make this stuff up. And I think that's so funny in recruiting because just when you think you've seen it all. Yep. Something comes out of the blue. Yep, you definitely have not. And that is the human X factor, my friend. Mm-hmm, absolutely. What advice would you give to our audience today who are listening in that talent space right now? If you could give me like your top three tips, yep. and you're like, guys, do this. You won't go wrong. Yep. Don't mess this up. Yeah. So the first two are foundational. The first two are foundational. Manage expectations. Getting ahead, managing expectations of candidates, managing expectations of clients. And that really comes down to communication, over-communicating, making sure everyone knows what's happening. So you're not being sandbags and they're not being sandbagged. Fundamental piece of anything in client service account management, specifically in recruiting. The other core concept that I practice every single day is under promise, over deliver. Mm -hmm. And I teach folks on my team this. You never tell a client, hey, I'm going to have you seven candidates by the end of the week. Say, we're working on it. We do our best. And then at the end of the week, you get them as many as you can. And they're pleasantly surprised. Great concept. Under promise, over deliver. And the third is something that I repeat every single day when I turn on my computer, or if I'm looking at my phone, if I'm working from home, whatever it is, I start every single day with a mantra that was embedded in me by my first boss in recruitment, a gentleman named Tom Hall, before I even spent one second recruiting, he said, every day, plan your work and work your plan. Plan your work and work your plan. Mm-hmm. And for me, Every morning, I start off with my little post-it note here. I write down what I need to do for the day, key objectives, key things that I want to be doing. Some days, I crush this, and, I, and I'm ready to, to write the second note for the next day halfway through the day. Other days, I get through a couple of them. But the point is, I have them here, and I have a plan. Because life throws you curveballs, work throws right. you curveballs. But I work my plan, plan my work, work my plan, plan my work, plan my mm-hmm. work, work my plan. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. Follow that, have that mantra, and that keeps you focused. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you so much, Adam, for being here today. You have survived your time on my sound booth. It's such a privilege to have you here. What's next for Adam Posner? Uh, continuing to grow, continuing to grow. I mean, the, the podcast is, is growing. I have some great guests lined up for the back half of this year. Some great folks uh, from the world of, of business, entrepreneurship, uh, 
talent, HR. Um, and I am working on relaunching my live show, which has been on hiatus mm -hmm. uh, for a month or two now. I'm, I'm, I'm working on relaunching it as a late night TV talk show kind of format, Ooh, more like a like a Jimmy like Kimmel. A late show, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like a Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. I love um, that. Mm -hmm. I, I would basically. Are you gonna you know, get take, a band? Well, I, I can't give you all my secrets. There is an actual DJ that I'm working on to have a background DJ. Yes. But but I'm actually thinking I would shift my set over. Here's my bookshelf, and you can see my Lego space stuff on uh -huh. it. I would actually shift the whole camera set over a little bit. I would bring the desk down. Right now I'm standing. I stand right. for all my interviews make it more of a desk format mm -hmm. and it would be professionally produced that I have mm -hmm. entertainment acts and so I'm working on it, but it's a lot of work and it's a yeah. passion project that um, I want to do right. Yeah. So if it happens September, I October, am looking forward to that. it's going to happen, but working on guests right now, I'm working on a couple, I'm actually working on Captain Sandy or Captain Lee from uh, below deck. What? We're working on it. Awesome. Working on it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I am looking forward to that. I wish you all the best, Adam. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was great to have you. Thank you. And I am looking forward to learning more, watching more stuff, great stuff that you put out there. But yeah, keep on doing what you're doing. You are an inspiration. Julie, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. And um, to all your, all your listeners out there, uh, please connect with me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. Check out the podcast.com. Mm -hmm. Happy to chat. Awesome. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms. At I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms. Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next sound off.